0: Well, Harvest, these are exciting times. Um, God has uh, been in work in some amazing ways over the year and uh, over the years, and we're going to be uh, having some reflecting time and just even some rejoicing time in that. And I just want to let you know if you're new here today or if you're newer here at Harvest, um, today's going to be a different day. Uh, this is kind of a long family chat day for us that we sometimes call it. And uh, I think it's going to be really helpful for you. I think it's going to be a time for everybody just to reflect back and kind of catch some glimpse on where we've come from as a ministry and uh, where we're at and where we're going. And uh, so I'm glad you are here and looking forward to what's happening. As we've already seen even just in the pictures and as Cody made mention, Um, we're experiencing just some really cool times. Uh, We have been experiencing here recently record attendance, a record number of children, record number of teens. Uh, We've been experiencing record giving. We have record number of small groups. I think we have some 24 small groups with a record number of people in small groups. Uh, We're seeing people Uh, Seeking out Jesus Christ in the kind of ways that I have been yearning for since the beginning of our church. Ways and getting together with people and seeking Christ out in life-on-life, side-by-side relationships. And people are coming to Christ, especially through those kinds of fabric structures that we have here. And I'm just so excited with what's happening with that. Next Sunday, we're going to be seeing some baptisms of individuals. Uh, Looking forward to that. Uh, This year, we will have sent more teams internationally than we've ever sent uh, in our history. We have a record number of people on our staff and uh, just love our staff. We're in the process of adding a new elder to the leadership team. And we are right now, as well as elders and pastors, we are putting together ministry plans that include new ministry areas and how we're structured and going to be talking with people about being new ministry leaders in areas and support leaders and a whole number of things that are taking place that you will be hearing about in these coming months. On top of that, we are working through right now the literally the entire ministry calendar for all of next year. So that when we move into the facility, you're able to see what ministry here at Harvest Indy West is going to be looking like in a facility. And maybe even what it's not going to be looking like uh, in a facility in some ways. Uh, Just exciting times, exciting things. I kind of put it this way, sometimes behind the ministry curtain, we talk about it. Part of what's so exciting for us is we, uh, even as a five and a half year old ministry, I mean, we're still in toddler world, okay? Okay but we feel like we're beginning to put on the big boy pants and uh, it is really exciting and um, we get to do all of this right now in a process we are where we are watching a facility just a beautiful sending base place going up before our eyes and as that 360 degree kind of view as you just saw over a period of time God's been good God's been good well since I'm kind of a uh, driving us in a little bit of a reflective mood right at the moment. Um, I'd like for us to take some time and kind of stroll together uh, through some ministry past. Um, And I want to do that in our uh, auditorium chair um, that we're going to be having. And it's cool. And it's comfortable. And uh, they're not all going to have arms on them. I'm just they'll be on the end. But uh, we're going to be having But this actually is uh, the chair we'll be using. And, <laughs> Let me uh, kind of talk a little bit about what God's done. Uh, March, or I'm sorry, in 2007, um, there was a launch team that it was developed and formed together. And it was a launch team that planned and prayed. Uh, this picture that you see on the screen is my favorite picture of all pictures pre-launch. Um, this picture preaches. And I remember that evening we were at the Zerniaks and you can see uh, 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 Rob Grimes there. You can see uh, Nick there. You can see Zerniax uh, uh, there. And there's a room of people all, all around praying. And I paused during the prayer time and wanted to get it on film. And uh, I'm glad I did because that's what was taking place uh, before Harvest Indy West was really official. In March of 2008 uh, was launch Sunday. Uh, Signs went up March 9th, and uh, we became public. Uh, In that time, uh, the theater was prepared uh, for anyone that might come. And um, a lot goes on in preparing this place to be able to do what we do each weekend and It has been a labor of love since the very first Sunday uh, and will be through the end of this year. Uh, We gathered together that morning as a launch team. Um, In fact, I was just looking at the picture here, and one of the ironies of it is I'm wearing the same shirt and the same jacket. Um, You know, I'm so in with the clothing times, huh? Uh, but that was five and a half years ago. We gathered together in the lobby and uh, just prayed for those who were available. And by the way, one of the cool little stories you probably don't, may not know about this is um, one of the things that was not planned was um, that morning we did that together. And then the next Sunday we uh, came back and uh, I was just like, that was so cool last Sunday when we prayed together out in the lobby. Let's do it again. And so for five and a half years now at 8.30, whoever's available, we just circle up and we pray in the lobby. And that was literally just one of those things that just kind of popped into a head and has become uh, traditions can be okay. And that was a beautiful one. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but I guarantee somehow we're going to make that continue uh, in some way in the new building. But uh, people showed up. And um, this is actually, these two pictures are from October of 2008. Uh, I did not have, I couldn't find any from launch Sunday in the auditorium and in a classroom. I think we were all pretty busy with what was going on. But we had 217 people show up. And really the ultimate amazing thing out of that was that's the lowest attendance Sunday we've ever had. And I'm not aware of any of the other 75 Harvest churches in the U.S., that have had their first Sunday as their lowest Sunday, um, where it's grown from there. Usually it waffles quite a bit. And God's just been so kind to us. And then over the years, uh, we've grown together. Um, Certainly, I know this pastor has grown in this position. And um, we've grown together. And God, in his grace, has kept blessing this church family over time. It was a year and three months after launch that... We made the decision to go to two services. Never in our thoughts would we have thought that would have happened after a year and three months. But for some reason on the west side of Indianapolis, um, God just got a hold and blessed in huge ways. Um, Our staff grew and it's been pretty cool to watch that happen. And uh, so neat to have Eric and Krista join us. And just as a church, we've had a lot of fun together and done a lot of things. And we've had Christmas at the plaza for the years; um, just special, uh, just a time to cut loose, dress up, and uh, rejoice at Christmas time. We've had picnics together uh, out. This one's out in Plainfield area, and we've had uh, more picnics together over the years. And what in the world are they doing? But it's been special. We've had some training times, um, gathering times together, uh, and we've had more gathering times together, just enjoying each other and studying God's word together. We've also had training times. Uh, that upper picture is a training time we had over at the Avon Library. The one below it is actually a sending off time, and it's really cool because it's over in Nick and Jill's house, and there's some friends uh, gathered together, is we had a couple who had come to Christ here who uh, grew over the couple years and actually moved back to Iowa for the purpose of being able to minister to their own families. And uh, they are part of Harvest Launch that is launching today in Iowa. Just so cool on how God works Along with it, pastor's offices have been post-it note bombed, um, and they did it well. Uh, There's been life-changing international trips that have taken place over the years. In fact, we've had uh, some hundred people from this church in the last five years that have gone on international trips beyond the borders of the U.S. One of the things I'm most thrilled about. Um, We've had families that have had children, and parent-child dedications. We've also had couples that have gotten married, and here's a few of them. And Later on, you're going to be meeting uh, Matt and Maddie and uh, some of their story. Uh, Pastors have been raised up into full-time ministry as uh, they're sent off in their superhero lunchboxes. Lives have been changed, and people have been coming to Christ. Um, And then last Sunday. I didn't even know there was one, but there's a missions mic. And uh, missions Mike showed up in the children's ministry with all that. And I just got to tell you, it's been five plus years of just uh, a big God at work. And uh, in all this and because of all this, uh, we began many years ago preparing and planning for a future uh, facility uh, with our own land and our own building and We wanted to do that, ultimately, while the theater has been fantastic. Uh, Ultimately, it's getting to the point to where we just need to have, uh, I'll just say this, we want more. Uh, Not more for me, not more for us, necessarily, but we want a front row seat in watching God do more through us as a church. And this is, as we'll be talking later, seeing a little bit in the scriptures, this is just a normal pattern of how God does ministry with his people. Uh, so we began looking for facilities, and uh, in it all, the Lord brought us 23 acres in the very heart of the west side of Indianapolis. If you're new, it's just right around the corner behind the Hobby Lobby and Gordman's. There's construction taking place on 23 acres back there. Uh, we put a facility design together. Uh, we knew it was going to be right around 23 24,000 square feet, just because pure cost wise of what we could afford. We wanted to put up a facility that had a contemporary look and a feel to it, but also a facility in light of where we were at, although we're in the very center of the west side with that, and where our property is, it's very serene, and we kind of wanted to bring the outside in. And So part of the design came uh, bringing all, all the windows that we have. That was on purpose and kind of bringing the outside in. Uh, with the facility, we knew that uh, we were looking at a, a building that would seat 450 to 500 people, Probably our initial seating will maybe right around 425 permanent mounted seats and some portables uh, as well. We will be starting with two services, Um, but we wanted about that size. We wanted a slanted floor. Um, We wanted a big screen, and uh, not only because that's kind of who we are, but I'll even say that's who I am with the screen and using visuals and a whole number of things and just being in a setting like that. And I'm really looking forward to freaking the back half of the auditorium out because you're going to be coming forward in the years to come. And uh, I'm actually going to be able to see you better. Uh, So freak out. It'll be good. Um, In February of this year, the first dirt was moved. Uh, Access road was put in. And then on May 16th, I still remember that morning, uh, the first uh, exterior wall panels were put up in place. Um, and then we move ahead to where the facility is at and its construction today. And uh, just praise the Lord. Uh, Harvest, we just have a beautiful building that is going up um, just yesterday. A curbing is being installed. And uh, I love being there watching the machines run. It just brings me back to my background. and. Uh, just, just so fun to see that happen. But curbing's in the base coat of asphalt's going to be going in within the next two weeks. So all that's going down. Drywall is actually beginning to go up now. And uh, the auditorium floor is being uh, dug out and getting ready to have concrete starting to be poured in the next couple weeks as well. Um, and in it all, we sit back and we go, can you believe this? Not us. This is not about us. This is about God's people being able to watch a great God do a great work. Lord, I just want to pause for a minute here and just uh, properly give this all vertical to you. Um, It is a joy. It is joy to be front row seat and to be able to watch what you're doing and we rejoice in that. And yet it also is so humbling and it is also uh, puts a burden on our shoulders, a burden of more, God, more for you, more faithfulness to you, more people coming to Christ and you, more people growing in the relationship in Christ, more of this community knowing who you are, the whole west side of Indianapolis. God, I just pray it would be more and more and more because that's what you told Adam and Eve to do in the very beginning more more like you so we don't say that with arrogance we say it with humility knowing that that's what you want so therefore we go for it god show up increasingly so in your name we pray amen well, today is an important day if you want to kind of take it from here because today is a, a day, as Cody made mention, where we're uh, entering into the last uh, phase of our capital campaign, and I need to spend some time with you talking this through on this. So can you grab your packet in here? And in your packet, uh, there's a pamphlet. And I realize, that, again, this is not your typical church day. That's okay. Uh, this is important stuff. This is about stewarding our church. Grab the pamphlets that's in there, and also there's a half-page page a sheet that's in there that's a financial update January to June. This is actually a page we had handed out back in July and we went through in July. But uh, grab that half page and kind of hold that one first. I'll be putting these up on the screen as I'm going through this. Uh, bless Bruce's heart today. He's like doing Morse code at the... Uh, the slide uh, advancing today. But go to the back page of your uh, financial update, uh, January to June, go to the back page of that. Let me uh, give you a couple things here. This document essentially sums up where we've come from Um, in our financial uh, part for a building over the last couple years. And we began our capital campaign in 2011, and we began our whole process with some $700,000. And and Harvest, I just want to stop and just say praise God for that from years in the past, from from beginning from year one to uh, uh, year four, uh, there is uh, finances every year. We've always operated under our budget as a ministry in significant way, actually, so that we can move those funds into a future facility. That's always been the plan from the beginning. We've also had over those years people giving and in some significant ways giving towards a future facility. And I'm just going to say there's no way we would be doing what we're doing right now had it not been from year one, two, three, and four and what was taking place over that period of time, and that's just a God-rejoicing thing with that. Now, you can also see that we met our 2011 year-end goal. We met that, and then we surpassed our 2012 ongoing portion of our goal. And when you combine together the the general fund uh, uh, overage from that year, as well as our year-end giving portion of that, On the whole, for that year, uh, we exceeded what we were seeking to raise for that year. And that was significant because there were some unique things that came along during the process that God knew in advance and took care of financially for us in light of that uh, overage for that year. And for this year, uh, you can see we're, well, you can't really see there. The numbers are left out right now because we're not through the year, but I'll just let you know. We're actually over uh, where we had planned to be right now so far in the year with our general fund, those monies that we're going to be going for that. We're ahead on that. On the ongoing portion of that, uh, that people have committed to that through the year. We're right about 85% of where we should be. At So we're a little bit under there, but in light of the overage on the other, we're right on track and praise God for that and how he works all that out. And that leaves us at the final part of our campaign. And you, and I'll just tell you, like me, are like, yay, we're at the end. Believe me, I'm just as thrilled about it as you are. Um, But go to the last page of the uh, pamphlet that you have there. On this, would you turn to the last page there on that? Uh, Let me uh, go over a few things here. And I want to start with two good questions that uh, a person would have at this point with all of this as you look at that back page. And the first question is, why this five-piece, three-part kind of a, a program that we've done? And I don't know if you've been a part of church financial campaigns in the past. Generally, the typical campaign is like a three-year campaign where you start it out and everybody commits what they're gonna be giving for three years. And Harvest Any North is doing that right now with their process. Well, let me give you a just take us back a few years, at the time when we happened to be starting for a future facility in a campaign, it was a time in the economy, I don't know if you remember, but it was a time in the economy where everybody was just like, I don't even know what's, where I'm going to be at next year, let alone two or three years from now. And it was so obvious with what was going on that uh, doing that was probably not going to be the best way for us in our demographic and what was happening with our people. So we decided then to take on kind of a three-part process, a year one, a year two, and a year three uh, into this. And that's why each of the years we've had this kind of a, a commitment for that year. Uh, looking back on it, I would have personally rather have just done a a three year, that type of thing. But looking back on it, I'm going to tell you, God was very good to us because I believe uh, that was the right thing to do with the timing for it. Um, We've, God has shown up in it all, and it's also allowed people who have known as we've been growing to jump in at those periods of time and be a significant part of it all. So that's why we've had the format that we've had. Another question that comes up is, is uh, can come up, is the why the land, the pre build, and the finish, as you can see on that page. Well, we, we paired these three time periods, if you will, 2011, 12, and 13, along with these segments because. <laughs> gee, it's actually worked out this way. I mean, it describes what's happening. And so being that we're doing these three parts, we wanted for people to understand what funds are going through to now and not just to like a big pool. It's like out there in somewhere, but, this has all been wired, and the amounts have been wired for each of these sections. In 2011, we had that campaign to be able to raise that money so we could purchase the 23 acres for cash, and we did, and God blessed in that. Last year, was the, as you can see on the numbers, was the biggest, without question, the biggest part of our whole campaign. And the reason for that was that was at the point where we start the building process. I'll tell you it this way. Are we going to be able to build or not? That's what it told and the numbers came in and God's people, you showed up and you gave so sacrificially, committed to giving so sacrificially. And we literally signed the construction papers. I think I signed that on December 30th or 31st of that year. And that was a go, no go point for it. Well, this year where we're at right now, as you can see, we are on this finish portion and we're seeking the Lord for $195,000 for this finish portion. And let me explain to you what finish means. And let me start by what it does not mean. Finish does not mean excessive. Finish does not mean we're going to have fog machines if we hit it. And finish does not mean we're going to have gold-plated stuff if we hit it. Uh, We're not going to be even having an outdoor playground, okay? Just so you understand with some of this. It's not that kind of finish at this point. Instead, think construction finish. Uh, There are things that are going to be paid for here in this coming period. Months as we wrap it up, things just even like uh, we'll be having some significant utility bills as they get the HVAC up and running and moving and going so that they can get the whole building up to the proper atmosphere, if you will, to be able to uh, have drywall, dry well, and various things like that. That's what this is for. This is for we're going to be having looking to have just a base irrigation system around the building because the number of plants, and uh, we've seen what happens with that and with. Uh, watering around there, signage, a signage on the building. And Lord willing, we're trying to get out signage out in front of the bridge there. Uh, all of that is some $30,000 uh, for some of those kinds of things. Uh, we're talking security system server. We're talking upgrading and some things in our children's check-in. Uh, in our cafe area, we'd really like to have a fridge in that hole uh, so it doesn't look like there's Supposed to be a fridge there, but not, and a dishwasher hole, and we'd love to fill that. But I'll tell you, under the countertops, we've got design for some warming ovens, for some ice machines. We're not even planning on that right now. Uh, That's not in this whole thing. Um, We've got a coffee maker that'll be going in the cafe area, but I'm just telling you, this is not an espresso maker. It's not none of that kind of stuff. This is, uh, let me call it this way, this is first new home. Okay, you know what I mean by that. You move into your first home and the things and the funds that you put into are for the foundational, structural, main kinds of things that you need. And for that period of time, you, lived on, you live on the used couch. You live with the used tables that we've been using. You lived with the used chairs that we've been living with. with a variety of things. The sound system is going to be used in a multi-purpose room for that. Uh, things going on there. Uh, understand? The finished part of this is not finish sweet. The finished part of this is base just getting in and hear me on this. This does not even mean that we met that we will have furniture in the lobby. I just want for you to understand, again, it's the first new home. Move in. And we may move in and have the funds, even if we hit the hundred ninety five thousand. We may have the funds to do some of the base stuff, and yet we still may not have furniture in the lobby. That's gonna be okay, isn't it? Folding chairs will be just fine for that. And then as time goes along, we can fill a couple of those uh, smaller things in over some time. Let me just interject here and also let you know that um, uh, we in our first new home, uh, we're intending here to be doing the, uh, landscape installation, I'm not talking final grade work, but uh, solder on the building, plants around the building, mulch around the building. And I'm grateful for Ryan Elam and Adam LaRue and Kim Beeler have been just a key part of our whole landscaping plan over really the last year plus, but they're putting together plans right now and we're gonna go after that. It's gonna allow us to uh, not only have some buy-in with some manpower into the facility on our own, but it's gonna allow us to save ten, twelve thousand $12,000 in the process of that. And you're going to be hearing more about that. But that's first-home all all right, with what's going on. So that's the finish part of uh, the thing. So with all of that background there, I would just want to let you know this. Uh, on behalf of the elders and pastors, we're asking that in these next two, three, four weeks, that you would be doing two things. That you would be praying for us as a church family. You would be praying for us as a church family that uh, we would finish strong and courageous all in and in big. Um, we do not want to cross the finish line of what we're doing, crawling. Uh, we want to cross sprinting because there's more race to be had. Uh, this is a time to where you see a building, and this would be a time like it's, we're there, we're set, and we're fine. But because of the way we've done the campaign, we need to be a church that finishes strong. And if we bring in 150,000 over 195, we'll still be moving in, but we'll just even have some less base finish stuff. Uh, less, we may be having you bringing them up for janitorial stuff and literally things like that. We'll just get creative, uh, but God will uh, take care of us. So will you be praying for our church family? Would you do that over these, seriously, over the next four weeks? Uh, would, would you commit to doing that? No, uh, not? Okay, you would. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Second thing I'd ask you to be praying for is uh, what the Lord would have you give to this. I'm just going to be straight up on the table. Um, We want all in and in big. We have been since the very beginning of this. This is not about equal, equal giving, but it is about equal sacrifice. God has allowed people to have different funds and different times and different things, and that's okay, and we get that. But here's the thing we want to do. We want to be the kind of church family where we're all in together sacrificing together. Let God take care of the number thing. But but that's the call. And that's the kind of thing as we've talked about here just with our leadership, that like how cool would it be if we have 100% of people who call this church their home, 100% of people would be in on this and letting us know about it. If you're newer here, we would invite you in if this is your home. uh, Come on, we we need you. We need you. This is an important time for us as well. And uh, so we are asking for everyone in, and we are asking for everyone big, in big, sacrificially. I'm just going to say it. Not even what's convenient, but what might push you and press you and might stretch your faith. How cool would it be to cross the finish line together like that, whatever the final number ends up being? So would you do that? Would you be praying that, God, what would you have me? Would you do that? Would you do that? Okay, I appreciate that. How cool would that be to all together on that? Well, after taking this to the Lord, then over these coming weeks, we're asking that if you can, in your packet there, grab just the commitment card. Let me just quickly go through this. The same basic thing we've had for the last couple years. And on the commitment card here, uh, we're asking that you would fill out the top part of that. Uh, um, fill out the top part of that uh, with your name and address. Don't do it now, but w- later on. Uh, and that uh, you would turn that in on Octo- by October 13th, Sunday, October 13th. That gives four weeks for everybody just to be taking this to the Lord. So put your name on it uh, when you're ready to turn that in. Then uh, on there, there's a section to either check or cross the the amount that uh, you've uh, decided that the Lord would have you give. And if it's not listed on there, then you can go to the blank area and fill that in and mark that. Uh, with it, then uh, one new thing there is right under that. What months you intend to give? Let me explain. It's per, it's important to us because we're at the end of the process, and there's a number of things that we are going to be purchasing. All this is going to be purchasing. We're going to be paying by cash for this, and just knowing cash flow, it's important for us to know kind of when things are coming in, so that when we can do things on that. So in that, as you can see, I think on this example, let's say if it's $500, it's, well, we intend to uh, give 250 in November and 250 in December, however that works. Or if you're going to say like, I'll give extra in November, December, and January, or if we're just going to give one time um, in December, that will just allow us to kind of have some idea on cash flow in the process. Wrapping up a project like this is significant, and that would be something that would help us. And then at the bottom of that, there's that card that you can fill the information out. You you tear that off, you keep that, so you have that. And then the top part of the card, we're asking that you would turn that in within the next four weeks by October 13th. And uh, then Lord willing, we're looking on October 27th to have a time just to rejoice and communicate where we're at with all of that. Uh, Friends, all of this has to do with stewarding our church. Um, I would rather take the time and go to a passage and preach it. But this is part of a process and this is part of doing church together. And I think it's appropriate to pause and in all of this and ask a key question. Why are we doing all this? I mean, really, why are we doing this? I mean, Doug, you're like stretching my vacation off the map or you're just like, why are we doing a building? That's really a very good question, and I'd ask that you turn to Joshua chapter 1. I want to take about 10 minutes here and uh, take us to a few passages and then finish up with a God at work video uh, from a couple here in our own church. Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we went through the book of Joshua this year, and it's been really, truly one of my very favorite series. Um, I've gone through, and God's done a work in my life on it. and Just historical context Of this, Uh, God's formed a people for the fame of his name. That's happened before the book of Joshua. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Joseph. Uh, Then you have 400 years of uh, of a people in slavery in Egypt. Why? God's raising a nation up. God was raising a people up unto himself. And then uh, God brings Moses along, a unique person at a unique point in time, in God's redemptive plan with his people. And part of what I want first to see is there's unique times in ministry. And a lot of times we want to just package it all in at one point in time. Friends, we are only a five and a half year old ministry. That's it. We don't have 20 years of background behind us. And we are now getting into a facility that has, we've just got the whole land base. We've had a million dollars in just moving dirt, digging dirt, putting sewer in. We don't have to do that in the future but yet it's a process. And here in the context with Joshua, you find that God raised a people up and now we find these people in the book of Joshua. Uh, They are a people about to do something and that is God is about to give them land. And by the way, the whole generation of Joshua, their whole thing was about taking a land that God had promised them. In fact, verse 1 of Joshua chapter 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Hey, that this people statement, there are literally centuries behind that. I mean, where they're at, this is a unique time in history, no longer slaves, uh, but they are now a people about ready to do something. Uh, Take this people into the land that I am giving them. God had a place he wanted his people to go to. Go down to verse 5, God saying still to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you, be strong and courageous. What a cool statement from God. Because this isn't going to be some mamsie pamsy walk into land. This isn't going to be some uh, sissy boy kind of thing taking over this land. No, no, this is going to take be strong and courageous people to do this thing. God could have just opened it up and given it to them right there and smack dab. But in the whole process, God's like, no, I want my people in on this. I want them to experience this. I want them to wrestle through it all because this isn't ultimately about land. This is ultimately about growing in the Lord and ultimately about reaching the nations. But it's a process. Isn't it. Verse nine, God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Like two times. God's like, be strong and courageous, my friend. I'm telling you, dude, I want you all in. And then Joshua talks to the commanders and the leaders. Uh, Then go to verse 16, chapter 1. They then turn to Joshua, and they answered Joshua, and they said, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Then look at the end of uh, uh, chapter 1. Only you, Joshua, be strong and courageous. I love these warriors. Man, these are like stud men and stud women for God. Seriously. How cool is this? No mamsy-pamsy stuff. This is like, God, let's take it on. Strong and courageous together. And can you just imagine at that point in time when they reply back? God's just got to be like, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want my people to be. Strong and courageous, man. Taking it out. I love it. And the whole book of Joshua is all about this. And then just, uh, I'll refer to chapter three. Chapter three, they're getting ready to cross the flooding Jordan River. And in it, in chapter three, uh, the, the priests grab the ark. They go, they walk down as God told them to do it, to step into the waters. And it parts, a whole nother Red Sea incident here. And the whole flooding Jordan parts. And remembering that, when we studied through it, it was God told the people to stand a half mile back. That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Why? So that they could watch it and see it. Because God wanted them to be able to see him do a great work before them. And not only were they to stand back a half mile, but then after the whole thing is done, then these two million people are to go and walk across it. And for the very first time, they put their feet on this land that God had promised them some centuries before. What a moment. What a moment. But by the way, when they stepped into the land, the land wasn't all conquered and done. They had to go to war for some, almost a decade to get it. Strong and courageous. All in. And let me tell you, friends, as we went through Joshua, it's like these people were all in and in big for God to be able to do with them that he wanted. So God had raised a people. He had given them land. And here's one of the cool things. I'm bringing the Joshua and the recent Solomon a series together. Turn to 1 Chronicles 22 because guess what? Now God wants them to have a place. He wants them to have a permanent place because through all of this time, they've had this tabernacle, a tent, a temporary place. And hear me on this. Okay, hear me on this. I totally get that our building is not the temple. Okay, we're not going to be praying the Shekinah glory down in it. We're not going to be waiting for a cloud and the fire to be coming up from it. I'm not talking about that. But we do see a pattern from Scripture that we even see ultimately in the New Testament where God moves his people, he raises people up in places. They then have a permanent presence for the purpose of being able to have a sending base place. By the way, I would just even add this. Adam and Eve had the same scenario. God put them in a place, Garden of Eden. What did he tell them to do? I want more like you, more like you. In fact, the statement is, fill the earth with more like you. Where was their sending base place? Eden. And yet the goal was out of that where God walked with them. They didn't quite need a building. Uh, The shine kind of glory was with them. Out of that, it was to go. And in this, we just see this pattern over and over again where, where God wants his people to reach the nations. And we'll see it here in uh, First Chronicles 22. Let me just give you the, the, the context up to that. First Chronicles 10, uh, King Saul dies. Uh, chapter 11, uh, David is officially made the king. Uh, David uniquely used by God to prepare for the building of the temple. Unique times with unique people. And we're in a unique time harvest. Chapter 15, then the ark is brought into the tabernacle. Uh, chapter 17, God instructs David that his son, who is Solomon, will build the temple. And then chapter 22 here in First Chronicles. Uh, so we find David talking to his son. Please pay attention. This is huge. 1 Chronicles 22, we've gone from Joshua, we're now up into time with David Solomon. Verse 11, chapter 22, David sang to Solomon, he says, Now, my son, the Lord be with you, so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God. By the way, Solomon is probably right around 20 years old right now. That's a, that's a young buck, okay? To be able to do what he's to be doing. Uh, the house of the Lord your God, as he has spoken concerning you, verse 12, only. David to Solomon, only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding. Hey friends, I, I got to stop here for a sec. Because just here a couple weeks ago, we went and we took a look at Solomon. When God comes to Solomon and he says, listen, dude, I'll tell you what, I will give you anything you want. What do you want? And I believe that was in first Kings chapter three. And we, we saw that and, and Solomon in there, he refers back to his dad, David. And, and he refers back to David. And then after referring back to that, Solomon says, God, give me discretion and understanding. Hey, dads, hear me right now. Your words are huge to your children. Moms, certainly yours are too. But I got a guy on the table right now. Your words matter to your children. When God comes and says whatever you want, I think in this, literally, Solomon is remembering this First Chronicles 22 moment. And my dad prayed that I would have discernment and understanding. God, that's what I want. Because truly, I'm probably too young and dumb to know what to ask. So I'm going to ask what my dad told me to go for. Oh, this is huge. Dads. I'm on another sermon. 12, verse 12. Only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding that when he gives you charge over Israel, Solomon, that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Look at this. And David says to Solomon, be strong and courageous. From Joshua... Decades later, and here we find David saying the exact same thing. And then by the way, go to chapter 28. By the way, chapters 23, David's organizing the people. He talks about it, and it's like he organizes the we'll call them pastors and The musicians and the gatekeepers and the treasurers and the military and the leaders. He's organizing all these people prior to the temple being built. I'm just going to tell you, friends, behind the ministry curtain, that's what's going on right now here. Same kind of stuff. It's just so cool to see some of this. Chapter 28, verse 1. David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, the officials of the tribes, the officers, the divisions. Okay, all these gobs of men. Verse 2, Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. Got the context? Now go down to verse 9. And in this context, he says, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart, with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. This is exactly what he was saying just a little bit ago, but in a more private context. Verse 10, Be careful now, Solomon, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be what? Be strong and do it. We see it one more time, then go down to verse 20. Then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Hey, doing things like this takes strength and courage. There are some days that just straight up harvest. There are some days I'm just scared to death. Oh God, show up in this. Oh God, show up in this. This is all going to fall apart unless you're in this thing. It can be a huge burden and it takes strength and courage to to do this. Look at chapter 29. Verse one and two, and David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon my son who alone God has chosen is young and inexperienced and the work is great for the palace will not be for man but for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house my God so far as I was able. And David then tells about all the stuff he put together. And then in verse six, it tells about all what the leaders gave in it all. Down to verse nine, then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. For with the whole heart, they had offered freely to the Lord. Strong and courageous, all in and in big. And then by the way, verse 20, then David said to all the assembly, bless the Lord your God after all this came together and all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers and bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord. We're looking forward to doing that on October 27th. And just what the Lord brings to the table. Friends, I'm just saying there's a pattern here. We see a pattern over redemptive history of how God raises a people and He and He brings them to a place and, and then they build a permanency kind of a thing there for them. And it's important, it's just important. Lastly, go to 2 Chronicles chapter 8. Last verse I want to read. In chapter 3, the temple is constructed. In chapter 4, the temple furnishings are put in. In chapter 6 and 7, it's dedicated. Look forward to that. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 8, verse 16. Thus was accomplished all the work of Solomon from the day the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was completed. Rejoice. So why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? For more. For more fame of the name of Jesus Christ. Not that you and I pat ourselves on the back. Not that I as the senior pastor go, hey, I got a new building. I could care. Because more means more weight on my shoulders. It'd be easier to stay small. I'll just tell you. But more for the Lord. Lord. Because that's what we're supposed to be. That's what God told Adam and Eve in the very, very beginning. More guys, more guys reproduce, more guys. And we believe that a facility like this is going to allow us to do that. So my own personal story, I'm praying for more. And would you too? God has put us on a side of a big city with an airport right in our backyard. And God is growing this place and growing these people, growing you to become life on life, side by side disciple makers, not ministry from afar, but ministry together and close. We want more of that. More of that. More for God's glory, right? More for God's glory.